Thank you, worship team. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Hope Church. Glad you're here today. Um, if I haven't met you, I'm Greg Brady. I'm the pastor here, and really glad to uh, really glad to be back. I was up in Michigan for a few days this past week at a conference, and um, it's always good to to come back home. Uh, let's let's uh, say a prayer. Father God, thank you for being with us and for loving us and giving us life through Jesus Christ, life through your Holy Spirit. We know that you're always with us. We know your Spirit is in this very place. We pray that your Holy Spirit will now um, speak through your word and may it become a living word for us today. May it change us. May it give us great joy, and may it uh, draw us closer to your heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in a series, and it's called God's Story Can Change Yours. His story can change yours. And this week, we are going to start looking a little more closely at your personal story. We've focused largely on God's story, what God is up to uh, this past month, and now we're going to start looking at your personal story. Now, look at the title of the sermon. If you have a bulletin, by the way, if this is your first time, you notice we have this little sheet in here. You can take notes if you'd like, Uh, but there is a title of the sermon. You've got personality. It's a song, and it's a truth. You have personality. But if you're like me, uh, you may be discontented with your personality at times. Have you ever wished, man, I, I wish I were a little different. I wish that I were different in situations. I had a, a roommate in college. Um, he was another engineer turned pastor. His name is Eric Howell. And he was a great guy. He is a great guy. And his personality was everything that I, you know, wanted to be, but was not. You know, he was this natural, born leader, take charge kind of a guy. He always had the right word to say at the right moment, very comfortable in front of a crowd. He uh, was a courageous speaker. I mean, he, he would, when, when he saw something that he didn't agree with, he didn't mind speaking out loud and just being bold in his witness. He was just, he was um, a humble guy, but a a charismatic guy. And everything that I I wish that I was more naturally, he was. And you may be the same way. You're like, ah, I just wish my personality were a little bit different. Well, this sermon is about your personality and how God gave you that personality and how God gave you that personality for a much greater purpose than just for your your own sake. And when you look through the Bible, uh, you'll see this picture that God makes all of you. you. Have you heard that picture kind of presented in the Bible? God makes all of you. And you might think of Psalm 139. Turn to Psalm 139 in your Bibles if you'd like. Um, I'm just going to read a few verses. 
it says that that God makes all of you, that he created you in your mother's womb. It starts by saying, how well God knows us. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways before a word is on my tongue. You, O Lord, know it completely. Now, how does God know all that? How does he know every word that I am going to say before I say it. And you might respond, well, duh, he's God. He can, he knows all things, you know, and yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't disagree with that. But I don't think that is necessarily the point that the psalmist is making here. I think he's describing this nature, this relationship that God has between, or that we have with, with God, that God has with us, this this relationship where God has has formed us deeply, and therefore he knows what we are going to say. Have you ever known someone that you knew him pretty well, and you could just kind of anticipate what that person was going to say? Maybe that person was um, more of a, you know, a, a pessimistic kind of downer person, and you just knew when that person was going to chime in with the next Eeyore comment, you know, you, you knew it before it came, or maybe that person was really uplifting and encouraging, and, and you just knew it. You knew, oh, here comes that next encouraging word from so-and-so, because that person's just a, an upbuilder. Um, sometimes, you know, people's gifts and personalities so well, you can anticipate what they are going to say. It's a little different with God. It's not that God just knows about us, and knows our tendencies. He made those tendencies. Look at uh, verse 13 in Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully, I'm wonderfully made. See, God knows what I am going to say, what I'm going to do, not just because he's the all-knowing God, not just because he knows my inmost soul, but because he made my inmost soul and being. He made not just my body, but that part of me that shapes what I do and what I say, how I interact with other people and how I respond to certain situations and respond to certain experiences. God knows us that deeply because he made us that deeply. So today we're talking about personality. Over the next month, we're going to talk about different um, inner attributes that God has given us, qualities, gifts, passions, experiences. But today we're talking about personality. What is personality? I'm going to give you a non-textbook definition um, of personality. So if you are in the field of psychology and disagree with this, don't say anything. Your personality is the total of your inner characteristics that make you unique. And part of your personality gets formed through life experiences. Some of your personality, you just feel like, oh, I'm just born this way, right? It's my, it's my nature. It's my nature. And God gives you this natural bent. It's unique to you. 
why is this? Why did God give you a unique personality? Why not us be pretty similar to one another? God could have done it that way. Why does he make us all unique? Well, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is actually the one verse written in the bulletin, listed in the bulletin, page uh, 1157, if you're using one of our pew Bibles. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, for you to do. We are God's handiwork. And that word, it's a great word. I love that word in the Bible. It comes from the same word where we get our word poem. Isn't that interesting? You are God's poem. You're like a poem. Husbands, if you want to score some points this morning, turn to your wife and say, Honey, you are like a poem. You are full of contradictions and just juxtapositions and complicated thoughts that I cannot understand. No, don't, don't tell her that. A poem implies artistry. It implies creativity, right? Expression. That's how God made you. There's one other time that this word appears in the scriptures regarding to uh, God's God's handiwork. And it appears in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. And it, it, it helps us to know why God has made us unique. Um, so here's Romans 1, 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, like his eternal power, his divine nature, they have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. And that word made is that same word from, we get a word poem from, what has been created, God's handiwork, so that people are without excuse. So people can know God's invisible qualities through what God has made. And that includes me and you, right? We are God's handiwork. Why? Did God make people so different? It's because God is this infinite being. I mean, we we will never fully come to, to know all that is God, right? He's an infinite being. But Romans 1 tells us that God does want his invisible qualities to be seen. How does he make himself known? He's this, he's this infinite being. Well, one, he makes us he makes himself known through Jesus, right? Colossians says that Christ is the image of the invisible God making known the invisible qualities of God. But the Bible also says that God makes human beings in his image as well. We are made in the image of God. And in order to give the fullest expression of God as possible, he makes people different so that we can each reveal something unique about God because God is this infinite being. It takes more than one of us to show just a little slice of God. In other words, God may be revealing something to this world about himself through you that he is not revealing through me, and vice versa. That uh, God may be revealing something about his inner qualities through me that he's not through you, and that's okay. We should expect that because God is this infinite being. 
book of Ephesians, it's all about God's church, God bringing his church together, making his church one, so that we all together as one body can express the fullness of God. It takes us all, right? So that's why God gives us different personalities. Now, how do our personalities reveal God's quality? So I want to talk a little bit about uh, how we express the, the inner qualities, the inner characteristics that make up our personality. So there's an outward expression. Here's a statement about personality. Your personality consists of certain inner qualities that you express outwardly. So you tend to respond to people in a certain way. You tend to respond to certain situations in a certain way. You express your inner qualities. So let's talk a little bit about this outward expression because that is that's how others perceive us, right? As we express ourselves outwardly. Well, uh, so I'm just going to list a few different ways that we can express our inner personality outwardly. And we're going to look at how God uses this to point to his inward qualities. One, um, we can express ourselves in an outward way or in an inward turning way. First had the word reserved, outward versus reserved. But I didn't really like the word reserved in this particular example. We can, we can, we might uh, think of this in, uh, as the outward expression of extrovertedness, or the outward expression of introvertedness. We can be more outward, or we can be more inward focused. As you relate to people, you can be more outgoing. You may be a little more inward focused. Um, I want you to notice how we see that in Jesus. That Jesus had this outward-focused quality to him, didn't he? Because he was, I mean, he liked to be around people, right? He went to parties. He, he sought out strangers and, and wanted to eat with them. And that's, that's pretty extroverted, seeking out strangers and wanting to spend the day um, with them and eat with, with them. So we had this outward-focused nature, but at the same time, the four Gospels um, say frequently that Jesus would, he would withdraw. He'd go to a quiet place all by himself, a lonely place, so he could, so he could pray, so he could be alone. Also had this inward-focused quality about him. That's, that's one way we can express our personality outwardly or inward, uh, being inward-focused. Jesus does both. Uh, some people express love differently through their personality. Uh, there's a couple of uh, Christian uh, counselor and, and psychologist, uh, Gary Smalley, John Townsend. And years ago, they said uh, people tend to express love in two ways, kind of a soft-sided love and a hard-sided love. And the soft-sided love um, is that compassionate love. It's kind of like giving a big hug from your grandma, your grandpa. That's the soft-sighted love. It's, oh, I just, I just want, for, for, I want you to, to just feel safe and loved, and want, I want you to feel that I have affection towards you. That's the soft-sighted love. Um, the hard-sighted love is this I'm going to be so dedicated in my love for you. I will, I will never let you go. It might not feel like the soft, loving embrace, but I 
am unyielding in my love for you. I will die for you. I will love you uh, no matter what it costs me, no matter what it costs you. Maybe sometimes it could be seen as this tough love, but it doesn't have to be that tough love. Now, do you know who showed both kinds of this love perfectly? It was Jesus, right? This soft kind of love, embracing others, and this, I'm going to love you no matter what it costs me, even if it costs me my own life, hard-sided love. And we're, we're wired to express in, in one way or another, soft-sided, hard-sided, both. Hopefully, we can, we can bring a little both to the table in terms of how we express our love. Here's another way to talk about how we express our personality, being task-oriented or people-oriented. There are people who are driven to get tasks accomplished, get stuff done. There are others who are driven to relate to people. Now, where did Jesus fall? It's a little bit of a trick question because he did display both. He displayed both kind of at the same time. Because he was so driven by getting things done. We see that in what he said in John Chapter 9, verse 4, he said this, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. We must do the works that God has given us to do. Let's get stuff done. Let's get God's stuff done. And so he was very task-focused, but that task, here's kind of where it's a trick question, that task that Jesus was driven to so often was reaching out to people and looking for people to serve being that people-oriented person. We, based on our personalities, might be one or the other. I I want to get stuff done or I want to reach out to people. What I want us to see is Jesus did both very well. So when we see Jesus expressing outwardly in this big variety of ways of being um, task-oriented and people-oriented, soft, Sided in his love, hard-sided in his love, being outward-focused and inwardly-focused. When we see all of that, I want us to see one of, the, just one of the most important things I think we can say about personality, and it's this. There is no bad personality type. There's no bad personality type. There are a lot of people that don't like their personality types. Some people say, I wish I just was better in a crowd. I wish I liked being around a crowd because I've got to be around crowds a lot and I don't like it and I wish I did. Or you might say, ah, I wish I didn't mind getting up in front of people and speaking. I can't do that. Or you might say, I wish I could relax a little bit. I'm so driven. I see people relaxing a bit, taking it easy. For some reason, I can't do it, but I'm just wearing myself out. The first principle about personalities, we've got to get this, is there is no bad personality type. God created tendencies in you. He created you good. You are a glorious being. You should be grateful for how God made you. Celebrate that. And you can look in the Bible, and you'll see that it's loaded with different personality types. Peter, the disciples, oh my gosh, Peter, this, this speak-first, impulsively type, you know, Jesus is walking on water out to the disciples in the boat. It's Peter to pipe up and say, Lord, I want to go out there with you. Call me to come out there with you. He's 
always just wanted to be the first person to talk. And sometimes says things that he later either regrets or he can't fulfill. Lord, I will never deny you. And of course, what does he do? He denies that he knows Jesus. He's this outspoken guy. His brother, Andrew, you you hardly hear a peep out of him in the Bible. A few words. Andrew was this kind of quiet guy. You look back to the Old Testament, Moses He did a lot of speaking, but he did not like getting up in front of people speaking. He did it anyway. He didn't like to speak in front of people. Yeah, Paul, who's quite direct when he is with others, when he sees something that he knows isn't right, he did not have any problem calling people out. And then he had his former missionary partner, Barnabas. Barnabas, that name means son of encouragement, who is this kind of put my arm around you, kind of an encourager, really gentle with people, patient with people. We see all different personality types in the Bible. God gave you yours. Be thankful for that. However, however, once you think, why did Jesus express himself outwardly in so many different ways? Because different situations require wisdom on how we should respond, right? Different situations require wisdom. This leads us to our next point on personality. Even though your personality is the right one for you, it's the best one for you, your personality strength can become a possible weakness. And one of the stories in the Bible that that often is uh, referred to when talking about different personality types. It's not really a story on personalities, but we see it in it. So a lot of people talk about this story when they talk about different personality types. And the Bible is a story of Jesus going to uh, the two sisters, Mary and Martha, to, to their house. You might remember that story. Jesus goes over. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're having dinner. And Martha, the one sister, is, you could tell, kind of this type A, task-oriented, get-stuff-done lady um, and she's busy with all the preparations. She's got to build a fire to cook the dinner. She's working on dinner. She's getting the house straightened up. You know, the Bible doesn't really mention in detail what all she was doing, but, you know, you've had the house guests over. You've got to get everything right and straight. It's a lot of work. Mary, her sister, on the other hand, is just sitting there listening to Jesus, perhaps this people-oriented um, person. And when Martha sees her sister just sitting there doing nothing in her mind, what does she do? She complains about it. Mary, get busy. There's so much to do. Quit wasting time. And so what does Jesus tell Martha? Now, he doesn't say, Martha, you are just whacked out. Tone it down. Messed up. He doesn't say that. But this is what he does say to Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So he says, Martha, don't get upset. It's okay for Mary to be doing this at this particular moment, in this particular situation, because I'm here. And the best thing for Mary to be doing and probably for you to be doing, Martha, is to be sitting here and listening 
to me in this particular situation. In another situation, Mary may have to get up and do something. Maybe she needs to be a little more task-oriented. In this situation, Martha, maybe you need to be a little more people-oriented and just sit and listen. In the wrong situation, Martha's strength, she had great strength. She had great uh, accomplishment and, and, and excelling strengths. In that situation, they became weaknesses for her. So applied without discernment, your greatest personality strength can become your greatest weakness. So how many of you out there are perfectionists? Anyone want to own up to that? Perfectionists out there? A few? Not too many hands. If you do not know if you're a perfectionist, please ask your family, and they will be glad to tell you if you are a perfectionist. We need people that will help us do things with excellence. But used with that discernment, perfectionism can lead to impatience, ungratefulness, and it can become a weakness in the moment. You may be people-oriented, this peacemaker that avoids conflict like eating Brussels sprouts. You, you know, you don't want anything to do with it. And it's good to be a peacemaker, but applied in the wrong situation, you could fail to confront something that needs to be confronting. Or, uh, and in that moment, in that situation, your strength of being a peacemaker has become a weakness. So you have to use discernment um, with how you express your personality. Third statement I want to make about personality. Your personality is a package of gifts for you to share. It's a package of gifts for you to share. The New Testament repeatedly repeatedly tells us, share the gifts that God gave you. And your personality contains these gifts God wants you to share. Don't waste them. So if you're this natural-born leader type, that is a gift that God wants you to share in the right moment. And if you are an individual who likes to come behind the leader and just serve with a servant's heart and get things done. That is a gift that God wants you to share in the right moment, right? So maybe your strength is expressing your friendliness through through hospitality, through um, welcoming. What a great gift to, to share. Maybe your strength is being a great listener. And the world needs great listeners. And maybe... That is a gift you can share by putting yourself second in a a conversation so you can just listen to someone who's going through a hard time. Share your strength. Because you are God's handiwork. You are meant to be inspiring, just like a poem is meant to be inspiring. Fourth point. Just in case we start to think that this sermon is all about ourselves. This is not a, hey, you're inspiring, the end sermon. Uh, Just in case we start thinking this is just, hey, make yourself feel good about your, you know, good about you kind of sermon. That's not it. Fourth point about personality is this. You don't have to be perfect, and you won't. Because ultimately it's not about you. So we can think, okay, what if, if, yeah, thanks for trying to encourage me about being inspiring. What if I just don't think I'm inspiring? In my own eyes, as I 
relate to others or relate to certain situations. Man, I, I know I'm not inspiring. In my own eyes. Um, so here's the truth. The inspiration that you have in yourself that you are not seeing that actually is meant to point to something much greater, right? You being an inspiration, that is meant to point to someone much greater, right? It's all about Christ, isn't it? It's all about Christ. Your life is about Christ. Your life is about this one who created you, who gave you life. And when your life, when my life went wrong through sin, he's the one who purchased our lives back to himself by shedding his blood on the cross. And see, somehow we are able to share this truth of Christ, of who he is and his love and his redemption. We're able to share that through our imperfections. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul wrote about this. Here's what he writes, verse 5. For what we preach is not ourselves, it's not all about us, but we preach Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. Why did he do that? He made his light shine in our hearts to give light to the world of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. God put his light in our hearts. Why? So that we could shine that light out in the darkness. And we could show forth Jesus Christ. Okay, that makes sense. But now look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, But we have this treasure, this, this gospel of Christ, this light of Christ that God has put in our hearts. We have this treasure where? In jars of clay. Very breakable, my friends. Imperfect jars of clay. That's us. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. When we serve God by living out our personality, Christ shines through. So in those moments when you think, "Ah, I'm just not all that inspiring. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if it's worth me sharing this. Yeah, you call it a gift, Pastor. I don't know if it's worth me doing that because I don't think I'm all that good at it anyway. I want you to know and trust and believe that, yes, God is shining his light through your heart to the world in your imperfect jar of clay self so that this world will know it doesn't come from you, but it comes from God himself. So you don't have to be perfect and get it all right. So one more thought for you this morning. Just do in faith what God has put in you to do, and Christ will shine through. In faith, in faith, do what God has put in you to do, your personality. Do what God has put in you to do, and know that Christ will shine through.
trust that God has given you a holy moment to share what he has put in you, this gift. The personality being this package of gifts to share. So this week, I just have a couple of questions for you. They're on the bottom of that little note sheet. One, I want you to think about what is my personality? I don't have any instructions here on how to fine-tune that. Just think about your personality and write down ways to describe yourself. And then think about an answer on that little sheet. Uh, What is the gift my personality contains that I can share? I would love for you to think about those two questions. Don't throw that little sheet. Just kind of keep it in your Bible or put it on your refrigerator or your desk or something. Just think, God, reveal my personality to me. And what is there a gift in there that I can then share? If you come to Wednesday night, Bible study, by the way, this week. We're going to talk more about that. I'm going to give you a tool to even think about that more deeply. Um, invite you to come to Wednesday night, 6.30, our small group, where we're going to talk more about this. But think about that this week. God has prepared good works for you to do that are in line with who God made you to be so that you could show forth the light, the glory, the beauty of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have created us. You've created us good and unique, beautiful. We're your your poem, your, your handiwork. And Lord, we know that we sin and we mess up. We trust that as we turn to you, you will redeem, you will restore, you will use our brokenness in ways that are beyond ourselves to show this world your presence, your reality, your goodness. May it be so in our lives. Amen.